Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 55 Wolf the Thrycrane Prodigy Artificer. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Shannon Robichaud's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests, the best unofficial D&D podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. I'm joined by someone I've recently had the pleasure to make my acquaintance with on the Twitter sphere, specifically within the D&D podcasting community, and basically is an inspiration for me to help step up my uh, social media game. So I'll turn the mic over and ask my guest to go ahead, introduce yourself, and tell us what it is that you do. Hi, everybody. This is Shannon Roby. It's so nice to be on uh, Sidekicks and SideQuest. Thank you so much for the invite. I am a member of Paradise RPG. I am our community manager as well as a cast member. Um, I play Scarlet on Advantage of Paradise, which is our flagship show on Monday nights. And we're coming up on a year. So by the time this comes out, we'll have passed a year, which is amazing. Obviously, D&D has been around for a while, and there have been shows before Critical Role that were producing, live streaming their games and stuff like that. So what really kind of spawned your show and what's kind of like the elevator pitch of it, if you will? Um, so my elevator pitch for Advantage in Paradise, we are a ragtag group of adventurers. Um, we would not likely be together and we were brought together by necessity. We all kind of fell into our first mission, um, at the same time and we, it was intriguing and we all kind of just unspokenly decided as a party that we're going to do this together and clues kept leading to each other and the there has been a lot of backstory revealed for my character, for um, uh, Alex's character, Timber, and as well as Stefan's character, Kieran. And we just are slowly getting pieces and slowly things are falling into place. And we're just now, now that we're approaching a year and we just had a really, really big story arc, we are gearing up to give ourselves a party name as well as decide what our next moves are and become friends. Yeah, everyone's, you know, always got an interesting way that they start their campaigns and they start their journeys as a group. So just to kind of have that, okay, well, I guess we're all going to align together and then watching you guys come together and form these camaraderies and bonds. That's a pretty good way to start a D&D &D party. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I think it's uh, an obvious giveaway, but do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? Yes, I have once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been uh, playing your way through all the additions as you've been journeying through life? No, this is, I'm actually fairly new to D&D. Um, I've been playing for about two and a half years and I've only ever played 5e. Um, I haven't played any other editions. I haven't played Pathfinder. Um, I am wanting to try like Vampire the Masquerade as well as uh, Call of Cthulhu and a couple of other systems. But that's awesome to hear that, you know, you've been enjoying uh, your take on 5e. I know myself, I started in college. It was fourth edition. So when 5e came out, it was, it felt very cool to me because I was like, oh, this feels very old school, but it's not that far removed from what I started out on D&D with and I'm not a purist or anything like that. I just think it's cool that I, you know, was able to find this game that scratched an itch for storytelling and adventure and comedy and all that good stuff. Very yes. nice. Yes, it scratches all of those itches. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, here on our show, we always like to ask our guests about their favorite sidekicks and side quests. So I have to ask, who is your favorite NPC from an RPG, video game, literature, film, TV, etc.? And why are they your favorite? In my home campaign, um, that's where I started playing D&D, and my DM, Sean, is amazing at creating NPCs. Um, He's got backstories for all of them. He's got different voices for all of them. He's just, he's so incredibly talented. One of my favorite NPCs that he does um, is a gnome named Gil, and Gil is an artificer, and he's just got like a Long Island accent, and he's just, you know, he's, he's always got something for you let's make a deal and he's just he's really fun really fun to listen to um i also super love um one of the villains in our current campaign um our stream campaign his name is thatcher um and when in reality he's actually my uh, my character's twin brother who turned evil and it was such a big reveal and it was just like oh my god and sean does such a good job playing him he's kind of like a mix between um like moriarty from sherlock um as well as Heath Ledger's Joker is just Mm. so evil and twisted and I love villains so Sean does villains really well I like the sound of Gil and uh, you demonstrating the accent. That was very cool. And then this uh, soap <laughs> opera level twist as far as your character's twin oh, yeah. brother and being someone as clever as Moriarty, but as dangerous and unpredictable as Heath Ledger Joker definitely yes. sounds like a good villain. Exactly. Awesome. Yes, it's amazing. Do you have a favorite side quest from RPG, game, film, TV, etc.? And why is it your favorite side quest? Side quests. Oh, goodness. Well, in our home campaign, there was a fight that we did that we thought was a side quest. And I think we kind of treated it like a side quest, but we ended up setting an undead army on a town totally by accident. We didn't really know what we were doing. So yeah, that one was pretty cool. (laughs) Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah, we always refer back to that one. So I think I'd have to say that's my favorite because that was one of the first times when we were just like, oh man, this is probably going have some consequences down the road (laughs) yeah and certainly a good side quest even if it's not necessary for the main thread the main plot of your adventure certainly it's you know it's a good one if it has repercussions that come down later the line and definitely could affect the main quest line yeah we definitely made it a part of the main quest line how often it can be that a side quest ends up becoming a main storyline or just organically feeds right into the uh, the main plot of the adventure. Yeah, 
Hello everyone, I just want to take a moment to tell you about my first ever sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda is the mastermind behind this trifecta of triumph. He produces tabletop-themed beard balms, beard-themed tabletop RPGs, and helps to support additional tabletop content creators on Patreon. Now, each of his beard balms is flavored after the basic stats from D&D. Do you need some strength for your beard? Why, apply and feel yourself empowered with the scent of pine and cedar with a minty edge. If you're feeling rather charismatic, apply a balm of sweet-smelling amber, clove, and pipe tobacco. Each one of these balms is unique in its makeup. And of course, don't forget, Tony developed a whole RPG that allows you to harness your facial ferocity and hair-raising adventures. You can snag a copy of that game as well as a style stencil, enamel pen, or a map of the Whiskerverse. And finally, aside from all of the awesome interviews and actual plays Tony has on Plus One EXP, every purchase you make feeds into the Plus One Forward program, which supports small indie content creators to continue making amazing tabletop RPG content. So head on over to plusonexp.com. That's plus one spelled out and exp.com in order to shop for these balms and games and more. And when you go to check out, use my affiliate code, Randolph, to save some coin on your purchase and to help support sidekicks and sidequests. How else do you think our tavern keeper at the Levitating Platter is going to keep his silver beard so awesome? Once again, the code is Randolph, like how it's spelled on episode two and his write-up, in order to save on your order and help support the show. So thank you so much, and now, back to the podcast. And then to round out our little personal interview section, what are you passionate about and why? Ooh, that's a really good question. The performance and role-playing aspect of D&D is my all-time favorite. I am so passionate about dedicating as much emotion and thought into my characters as I can, because the more time that I give to them and their backstories and their accents and how I want them to talk, the easier it is for me to role-play. And I absolutely love playing another person. I love playing villains. I love Scarlet. I love my first character, and I've gotten to play so many different characters and it's just been scratching that performance itch for me because I dance I have done community theater this is just such an amazing way to perform and have that creative outlet so the role play part of D&D is something I'm very very passionate about and if I'm not mistaken again from being a new follower of yours on Twitter are you also a teacher as well I am. I am. I respect that immensely because both of my parents are uh, special education teachers. So they work. So this podcast is always pro teachers uh, because I have teachers. Yeah, pro teachers. Pro teachers. Awesome. I love that. Love it. Well, we have learned quite a bit about our guests and I think it's only fitting now that we head into some NPC creation. Let's do it. Perfect. Okay, so before we started rolling, you opted to randomly generate a character from the tables that I have. And of course, these tables are fed by all of our guests that are on the show. So we truly could have something wild and random come up. So that's cool. Do you happen to have some dice or virtual or physical? I do. I have physical dice. Let me just grab them. Perfect. All right, good to go. 
Good to go. Okay, so the first thing that we need to identify is the name for our character. So let's go ahead and roll a d20 and see what we get. D20. All right, here we go. Six. Six. Okay, the name that we are working with is Wolf. So like, wolf. as in a physical wolf, but... Love it. This one's for you, Timber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now we need to figure out the ancestry of the character. So this will require a D100 or a 2D10 effect. Ooh, a D100. Yeah, let's do that. And I need a D10 right there. That is a 67. 67, as I scroll through the list. Interesting. Okay, Thrycreen. So this is now the second Thrycreen that we have produced on this podcast. This is like a bug-like creature, right? Right, like the praying mantis bug creatures that I think were premiered in Eberron, I think, as it the setting. It is so funny that I just rolled that because we just spent about two sessions fighting off Thrykeen. Okay, well, there so you go. You... Very apropos. Apropos, fresh in the mind. Awesome. So now we need to figure out what is the job or role in society for our Thrykreen named Wolf. Uh, let's go ahead and just roll a regular D10. A regular D10. Four. Four. Oh, how very fitting. So this answer was submitted by our previous guest, uh, Leah Murray, and the job that Wolf has is a teacher. Oh, so perfect. Yep. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. And now let's see the next item to figure out is what's going to be the age range of this character. Let's roll a D8. D8. One. Okay. Interesting. A child age range. Yeah. Uh, they're a child prodigy. <laughs> they're a professor at a college. <laughs> okay. Well, so now we've done some dice rolling. I can see the wheels are turning and you're getting inspired. So let's go ahead and start getting a physical appearance put together. So when you see Wolf, this child aged Thrykreen that's somehow a teacher, what are you seeing? I am seeing a short praying mantis type person, even though I know that they're like praying mantises are tall, but I'm seeing them with a, since they're a teacher, I like to imagine teachers with a very kind face. So they have like soft features um, and they're very kind um, to their students. And since they're a child, there's a little naivete there. And I imagine them wearing like flowing professor's robes and always carrying some sort of book with them. And Thrycreens have like four arms, so that could be a lot of books they're carrying. A lot of books. Love okay. it. Reading is everything. If we have to describe Wolf with three adjectives, what three adjectives come to mind? Intelligent, caring, and determined. I'm just curious, before we go back to dice rolling, since you've thrown out that perhaps Wolf is a child prodigy of sorts, maybe we want to try and delve a little more into that backstory. So how does a child, Thrykreen, end up becoming some sort of university professor? How does that work, do you think? I love the story theme of coming from humble beginnings and having a lot of potential. The family of said prodigy saves up money for them to go to university or works out some sort of deal for them to go to university. And I imagine that's something that happened for Wolf. Town is very small where they come from. And so everybody knew each other in the town and they knew of Wolf's talents and how bright their mind is. So the town got together, pulled resources and sent Wolf off to study at this university and they made relationships there and one thing led to another and they became a professor at the university. Is there a particular subject that Wolf specializes in? 
My first go-to is always magic, but I don't know. Maybe they're more on the engineering side and they're, they excel in, in artificing and inventions and creating things. Okay. So Wolf has an aptitude for very left-brain sort of thinking, very analytical. Can 3D models are spinning around in his head or her, their head? I don't know. Um, Wolf's able to conceptualize these crazy things that no one else can think of. Mm-hmm. And she, I'm going to make her a woman. Okay. She has a tendency to, as she's thinking of something, we'll just automatically go, oh, and then she'll run off and go write it down. And she'll come back like 10 minutes later, like nothing happened. Now I'm just imagining Wolf, she's in her uh, classroom or her lab and she's got like four pieces of chalk in her <laughs> arms and she's drawing out all sorts of complicated yep. mathematical formulas, trying to piece together how yep. she's going to build her next thing. Is she well As loved? the class is staring like <laughs> is she yes, well loved I, by her yes, students? Yes, she is. She is very well loved. She and is. Yeah, even she's very eccentric and quirky, but in a really endearing way. And well respected obviously, I imagine by the staff or or the other professors of the university or are there some that she bumps up against? Maybe not because of her her personality, but someone else that's like, look at this child waltzing in here, got tenure before I did or something like that. Yeah, there's definitely going to be uh, somebody older who's definitely sour that there is uh, a child professor who is advancing very quickly in the university that took them years to achieve. That's certainly a good source of uh, tension and drama. So that's something a dungeon master could definitely build out some sort of university office politics going on and stuff. For sure. Well, now that we've got this idea and this picture in our head, we get to go back to rolling dice. So now we need to figure out what is a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or some ideal or concept uh, that Wolf ascribes to. Uh, so let's go ahead and roll a d4 to figure out which of those categories we're going to be dealing with. Okay, that is a one. One. Okay, so this is a valuable item. And now you get to roll a d6. D6. Okay. Also a one. More also a, a one. Okay. Well, she is in possession of a magic dagger. Do we want to elaborate and Ooh. figure out if there's something to this dagger? I mean, since it sounds like she's very mechanically minded, artificer maybe type, is it not just a regular like plus one dagger? Is it some other kind of dagger perhaps? For sure. And this is so fitting because Scarlet, my main character, fights with daggers and she recently lost um, her dagger of return. So I'm going to say that Wolf is going to make this a dagger of return and it will be one of her own invention. I'm trying to think of like something special that it can do instead of just coming back to her hand, which that is what a dagger of return does. But I feel like she would put some sort of something extra on there. There, but I'm not quite sure what that would be. Since we're picturing this engineer mechanically minded wunderkind in the ethos, my first thought went to like, it's a dagger with like clockwork and mechanical gears. And because she has four arms, mm. I like think maybe it's returning, but she can actually split the dagger off into like four smaller daggers that shoot off. And then cool. she can get them yeah. to return to like each of her hands. So then she has like four daggers like at once. I love it. And it's so it would be kind of like a boomerang, maybe. So like she throws it and then it immediately comes back and she's got four daggers. Yeah, there you I go. 
or maybe it can configure into different objects. Like I know Crawl had that weird little bladed discus thing that you could throw. So I don't know, maybe it could do different mm -hmm. combinations of things. She can turn it into like a multi-bladed weapon she can throw, comes back as four. She can assemble it into like all kinds of different things. Is Do you think that's pretty cool? Oh yeah, I'm picturing the fantasy Swiss Army knife. So she basically has invented the magic Swiss <laughs> Army knife that it yep, can do it. whatever she needs to do. Yep, okay. I love it. Can turn that into lock picks, the whole thing. Oh my gosh, that sounds like <laughs> an awesome object. All right, and now the next thing, we'll roll for this to see if it's something you want or if we're inspired enough, I'll just let you go and think of what the side quest, the particular quest that Wolf needs the player characters to go on. This is a D12 roll. D12. 11. 11. Okay. Uh, well, let me know if you think this is something that would fit, but this was submitted by previous guest Justin K, also a teacher, who mm -hmm. said that the uh, side yeah. quest should be rescue a stolen animal companion and or pet. So do you think, mm. do you think Wolf would have a pet in her possession at the university or are you inspired for a much juicier sort of side quest? I don't think she would have a pet because she's still a child and she's, you know, got a lot of responsibility being, you know, a professor at a young age. But mm. I think she's got a friend in the university who does, who has a, a oh. beloved pet and she become really close with this professor. This professor's maybe like a mentor to her. And when their pet goes missing, she wants to get it back for her mentor. Let's see. Maybe we can paint this out a little more. So who is her mentor and what is the pet? In question. Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is a pseudo dragon. Very first thing. So okay. the, the pet is a pseudo dragon. And then maybe her mentor is a dragonborn. And they are also, they're up there in the artificer program of the university. The College of Artificery. Yes. There you go. Yes. Could maybe even could be the dean of the College of Artificery. Okay, there we go. So the Dean, who is a dragonborn, has a little pseudo-dragon that she's attached to, and then the pseudo-dragon goes missing. Yep. So I wonder, is it part of the office politics, or the animals run off, or someone has broken into the Dean's office and deliberately stolen the pseudo-dragon? I think that would be up to the players to find out. Mm. Maybe there's clues around somewhere. So definitely, okay, so it's up to a dungeon master's discretion to determine how and why, what the motivation is for the pseudo-dragon being stolen. We have to now consider what is going to be the reward for the player characters upon retrieving the pseudo-dragon and returning it to the Dean and Wolf. I think maybe while they're gone, um, Wolf is just assuming that they're going to be successful. So while they're gone, she is crafting little things for them. So maybe she is crafting like a communication device if they don't already have one, or maybe she's crafting some sort of other small magical item that she can give them as a reward for completing this task. Okay. I see you're wearing your critical role hat. And as soon as you said earrings yes, to talk I to, am. I was thinking of like, oh yeah, that's always oh, yeah. Th the thing they make fun of. I think in the Avengers movie, it's like, how are you yelling across the city of New York and still talking to each other? It's like, oh, we just have magic earrings that allow us to talk as if we're next to we each other. We have them. Yeah, yeah, duh. That's pretty cool. And I think that's not a game breaking magic item. Well, now to consider the flip-flop, what if the player characters fail to find the pseudo-dragon, or they just refuse to help the professor, Wolf? Oh, What's no. going to be the consequence of that? Hmm. 
Well, they wouldn't get the nice little gifts that Wolf was going to make for them. And then maybe if they're not successful or they can't find the pseudo dragon, I don't know. I don't think the mentor would like fire Wolf. I don't think they don't have that kind of relationship, but maybe the pseudo dragon is some sort of like support animal, like a therapy animal. And if they can't bring it back, the Dean might resign because they need their pseudo dragon to help them cope with the stresses of being a Dean of the College of Artificery. Okay, that sounds juicy. So we just thought, oh, Dragonborn with the pseudo dragon, no big deal. But like, oh, this pseudo dragon is actually very important to the Dean. Like the Dean's talking yes. to the pseudo dragon, like, what do I do? What do I do? And the pseudo dragon yes. is just like, Meh. and it's like, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Why didn't I you're think right. of that? You're right. Yeah. Exactly. Emotional support puppy. Yeah, obviously the ramifications of the Dean resigning from the College of Artificery. And then who knows, maybe that jerk who was wanting tenure suddenly gets tenure. And now the college has suddenly taken a very dour and uh, unpleasant direction and people are not enrolling in the college or things have yep. gotten a lot harder for Wolf. That like, is exactly what I was thinking. So what are the goals and motivations for Wolf? top of her list is definitely advancing her craft. You know, she wants to push the boundaries of artificing and see what she can create and what materials she can use and potentially discover. And, you know, she's got the rest of her life ahead of her. You know, she's young and she wants to just learn everything. She's so curious. So that's top of her list. Maybe eventually becoming Dean herself one day of the College of Artificery or maybe uh, going to another university and become a dean or some higher up there. She's an academic and wants to stay in academics and she's a lifelong learner. She's going to write her dissertations, write the treatises on the great mysteries of the world and people hundreds of years in the future will be quoting her yep. academic work and yes. proving theories and all that kind of stuff. Okay, that's pretty cool. She's going to get her fantasy PhD. She's going to get the fantasy Nobel Prize for her work in the field yes. of artificery. Nobel yes, Prize. That is winner. definitely a good goal for her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. So I love it. Awesome. Okay. To go along with that, how do her goals and motivations affect her general personality? She's so motivated. She wants to continue learning. She wants to devour information and she wants to use it for good to help people if she can. But she also wants the knowledge just because there's so many things in the world and she just can't get enough of it and just wants to know all the things. So her personality, she's going to be really like excited and curious and ask a lot of questions just like a child would how excited they are and how creative they are. And I think Wolf is definitely going to embody that. I'm just trying to visualize it in my head. How Wolf definitely having the mentor figure be the dean of the college. Certainly that's a good position to have. And I imagine she's probably getting lots of letters from home as she's writing back and forth. Mom's like, hey, yes. you know, here's a sweater, you know, because it's not the desert. Yeah. So it's not as high. Here's some so snacks. Here's some uh, magically freeze bugs. We know these are your yep. favorite. Your yeah. favorite. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Care packages all the time. So how does Wolf normally interact, say, with her family and friends and peers versus someone, if she would consider anyone to be an enemy or a rival, the other people she works with in the university, and like how she would interact with player characters or, or students? 
she would be welcoming of everybody. She would just want to immediately be friends and just, you know, like, come see what I'm working on. I want to show you what I'm working on and just be really excited about everything. Family and friends, she treats them exactly the same. Um, when it comes to an adversary, I think she would get quiet around them, um, thinking about, you know, when a child doesn't know somebody or is doesn't like somebody, they tend to withdraw and get quiet. So I think that's what she would do. She would need to learn lessons from her mentor about speaking up for herself and advocating for herself. I'm just imagining like uh, in this scenario, the cranky professor that, you know, is like, how dare this child come into this higher place of learning? She's quiet. And then, like he leaves and she's like, that's a meanie doo-doo head or something like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like him. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, I love it. Is there a particular accent or language that Wolf deploys? Are there any idiosyncrasies in the way that she acts or speaks? Hmm. That is a good one. And especially with Thrycreens, since they have like mandibles and, you know, their native clicky language. So she's obviously smart enough to know the common tongue, but I guess maybe there's like a buzzing or a clicking when she talks excitedly. Yeah, when she gets excited, her mandibles definitely move a little faster. Yeah, uh, in terms of an accent, I think she just, I don't know that she would have one, but the way her tone, you know, her, she, it would just be so excited like this all the time and come see what I'm working on, you know, that kind of uh, tonality. What impact has Wolf made on the world? How has she shaped the local area? Hmm. I'd say that she has inspired young people around her and they want to be like her. They want to go to school like her. They want to do well like her and succeed because she's done so well and they're seeing someone like them succeed and they have a model um, for what that looks like. So I think she would be a great inspiration for young people around said fantasy realm. Does Wolf currently have any problems that prevent her from being a bigger player on the stage of life? Hmm. I wouldn't call it a problem, but it's definitely a little bit of a hindrance. It's just her age. She's naive and hasn't seen a lot of the world yet um, because she's been, you know, at university. And again, she's a child. So she still has the childlike wonder, um, which I hope she never loses. But at the same time, she doesn't have a lot of real world experience. So that would be something different for her. I can only imagine people who hear this episode and decide Wolf is too adorable not to stick in their campaign if they have ongoing multiple campaigns <laughs> as years pass. It would be interesting to see how Wolf would change as she ages. like How she grows. How yeah. she grows, gains more maturity, gains more knowledge and insight into how the world works and yeah. stuff. What is she when she grows up? Does she stay a teacher the whole time or does she go off and do something else? She's like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to double major now and get my yeah, right? my second master's in transmutation magic. And, <laughs> yep. and then I'm going to go dabble and get a theology degree at the local temple and, you know, become yep, more. Yeah, just learn all the things. Just want to take a moment to recognize another sponsor of the show, Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in my backyard, and they have an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, stream on Twitch with tutorials and interviews, and host the ReaperCon. This year, back in person from September 2nd to 5th, 2021 in Denton, Texas. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature that has you covered. Want to include 
Randolph in your game, then might I suggest looking at their catalog for SKU number 77661. Perhaps you need a Lord Grubbub. Check out SKU 02646. Are you in the market for your very own Skink Knows the Lich? Look no further than SKU number 77280. You know, every time you shop with them and you spend at least $40 on your purchase, they will give you a cool new mini for free. And this miniature of the month is always something new. And if you're wondering how you can enjoy the benefits from my sponsor, if you visit my website, you can find a link for our sponsorship and use my referral code link when you shop to help support Sidekicks and SideQuests and get you some savings. By clicking that link on my website, it helps to track the traffic that our show directs towards Reaper Miniatures. The more traffic, the more that our Texas powers will be able to combine. So again, go check the link out on my website in order to use my special referral code and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. And be sure to sign up for ReaperCon 2021 and tell them that Sidekicks and SideQuest sent you. So thank you very much to this sponsor and back to the podcast. Well, this is awesome. I think we've created the Wunderkind's genius brainchild. And I think it's I only- I love it. I love her. I think it's only fitting now that we have a random encounter. Yeah, all right. So this is the part of the show where we get to have a little vignette, a little role play scenario. So since we've brought Wolf into the world, you very enthusiastically and excitedly, I think definitely you need to be Wolf. And I think, you know, since she's so good and wholesome, I think it's only fitting that she meets Duncan, who is my chaotic good adventurer character who just goes around and accepts quests like it's no issue or problem for him at all. So Duncan, having spoken with uh, the nice young bricklayer in the previous town, needing to go get a flower from the royal garden, heads off to the city that's two days away. The thing that's remarkable about this royal city, aside from the splendid palace itself, is that it is home to a magnificent university that attracts students from all around the world, all across the globe, from all nations. And Duncan, feeling curious and feeling his good-natured chaos carry him into the halls, he starts wandering the university. He's blown away. He's never been to a place like this before. And uh, as he happens to be just walking through one of the many floors and passing by one of the many doors, he can hear the excited sounds of chalk on a blackboard and what sounds like a child uh, very excitedly uh, talking to themselves and, you know, getting more and more excited. So Duncan, his curiosity getting the better of him, starts to slow down and approach the door and kind of peek his head in. And what does he see? So as he's getting closer to the door, um, he before he reaches it, he hears a, oh, hold on. And, ju- and before, as he gets there, Wolf just bursts out of the door. She's got like papers and books flying everywhere, a chalk piece in her hand. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh wait, do you want to see what I'm working on? Come on, come on, I'll show you. Oh, okay. And then she like sprints off to, uh, to her office. I have to go back to class though, because I'm, I'm teaching them. Uh, they, I do this all the time. They know to stay, but we have to be quick so they don't leave. Okay. Duncan will just quickly follow her, not knowing any better. <laughs> so he's like, oh, yeah. So they go down to, um, to Wolf's office and there is, when you walk in, there is a big bulletin board in there and it's got all of her favorite work on there. Um, she, when she's feeling proud about something, she sticks it up on the bulletin board, um, just so to, 
to look at it and remind her that, yeah, this is great. I'm great. So then she, when they get to the office, she like just leaps for her desk and starts pulling out all the drawers with her forearms. And uh, Duncan can probably tell from the general mess of the room that this is a regular occurrence. <laughs> Wow, you are a very excited uh, little person. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude. My name is Duncan, and, and who might you be, small one? Oh, hi, Duncan. My name is Wolf. I, I love to learn things, and I, I, can, I cannot find that one thing that I was looking for. Oh, you know what? I left it in my classroom. I brought it up with me because I was going to use it during class today. Come on, let's go back. And okay, and then... Runs out the door. <laughs> Duncan quickly follows her. This is beginning to seem like a scene from the movie Clue with Tim Curry. <laughs> yep, yep. So they get back into her classroom and her students are still there as she knew they would be. And she starts looking around on her desk and she sees, um, oh, there it is. Um, and she picks it up and it is actually, it is her dagger. That's what she was looking for. Um, she's like, I wanted to, sh uh, this is such a cool demonstration. I just finished working on this and I was about to show my class and now you're here. So you get to see it too. Watch this. Oh, and okay. so you might want to stand back a little bit. Okay. So she stands back and she's like, all right, friends, you need to, you need to move that way so that this doesn't this doesn't hurt you this is sharp so uh i know a lot of you handle sharp things but you know you can never run with them and you shouldn't be near them and you should always hold them like this and she shows them the proper way to hold them <laughs> like you're teaching a child how to hold scissors <laughs> mm -hmm. so then once everybody is at a safe distance she's going to be okay i just finished this i'm so excited i really i really hope this works <sighs> all right i can do this i can do this i practiced and then she's gonna chuck it and it's going to go and it's going to do like a boomerang. As it's coming back, it's going to split into four and the blades are going to face away from her and the handles are going to face towards her and she's going to catch all four of them with her hands and just be like, it worked! It worked! I did! It worked! I imagine the class bursts out into applause and even Duncan is dumbfounded and just can't help but start applauding. He's like, oh my goodness, that was amazing. And I'm sure all the class is like, oh, wow, wow, Wolf is, oh, she's so brilliant. She's great. It's great. I'm so happy it worked. And then uh, I imagine the rest of class uh, continues on. And then when the appropriate time comes, everyone gets dismissed. And so they start filing out. But Duncan just kind of hangs around because he's just moseying around the campus. And he'll hang back and say, well, Wolf, that was, that was quite a demonstration uh, that you provided earlier. And a lot of the words that you said... Uh, I didn't quite understand, but you, you're a magic-y type, so I, I expect you to know those things. But Duncan will roll a, uh, an insight check, and uh, he'll be like, I, I couldn't help but notice amidst your, uh, well, general messiness, uh, that there seems to be something that's bothering you. I'm really good at picking up these kinds of things, so is there, is there something that's bothering you that I can help you with? Oh, well... Oh man, it's like we've known each other for years. You know me so well. Yeah, there, you know, Professor, gosh, I need a name for the professor. Professor, Professor, Professor Sullivan. So I'm thinking of Monsters University. <laughs> professor Sullivan, um, she's my mentor and she's the Dean of the College of Artifici uh, Artificery. And she she has this pseudo dragon named named Mike uh, Wazowski and uh, he's gone missing. And uh, that, that pseudo dragon is really, really important to Professor Sullivan. And I really would... Uh, I don't know. This is, we just met this. I shouldn't be asking you this, but if you see a little green pseudo dragon just flitting around somewhere, that belongs to Professor Sullivan. And you can either, you can just bring it back to me if you find it or, or I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot to ask. I shouldn't be asking you that. 
no, 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 this is my bread and butter. I take on any quest that's given before me. I'm suicidally brave. It says so <laughs> on my parchments that I hand out to royalty and taverns across the land. And oh. he'll reach into his pouch and he'll actually pull out like a business parchment and he hands it to <laughs> Wolf. It reads such as like Duncan, adventurer extraordinaire, suicidally brave, no task too small, no danger too much. Wow, you're really brave. Thank you. I think it's one of my most endearing qualities. I would think so too. Well, I'm, I mean, if you don't have anything else to do, that, that would be great if you could help my professor because, she, you know, she was talking about maybe leaving university if she couldn't find the pseudo dragon because that pseudo dragon is so, so important to her and helps her, you know, work through problems and, you know, it just, it comforts her and I just hope she gets her back really soon. Of course. This... I will do this, no problem, uh, Professor Wolf. Duncan sensing that he, even though that this is a child, he still needs to defer with proper titles. Um, so he'll go, well, I was just on my way to the Royal Gardens. I had to go get a flower. Uh, and I also just needed to go see the see them in the palace. I, I had gotten a magic message saying that I was being summoned there, but I will definitely be on the lookout for a small green pseudo-dragon that answers to the name of Mike Wazowski. And and if I find it, I will I will find you and return it to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I know Professor Sullivan will too. Of course. And scene. And scene. <laughs> awesome. Well, oh, I love her. She's adorable. Yeah. So as we're starting to head into our final thoughts of the show, well, what did you think of the random encounter and thought of your time on this show? That was a lot of fun. Like I said, I love role playing and making uh, snap RP decisions is a very welcome challenge, you know, and I, you know, I wish I could have done better than Mike Wazowski and Professor Sullivan, but literally when I thought university, that is exactly where my brain went was Monsters University. So I'm also a huge Disney fan, so that worked out really well. <laughs> that is a Disney film I still need to watch. I have not watched Monsters oh, University. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and it's got a lot of callbacks to the first movie and uh, just came out around when I I was in college and it was just hysterical well yeah so it's certainly been awesome to have you on the show you bring such a vitality to the random encounter and just creating the character in general so i've certainly appreciated that and uh just the fact that you are such a positive presence on the DD podcast twitter scene so you're always like hey follow fridays and self-promo saturdays like i would have never have thought to do that but since i started you know trying to okay let's see if i can actually get more people to enjoy the content of Cy Kicks and SideQuest. At this point of the recording, I still don't have any fan art. There's no one giving me feedback saying, hey, I've used your characters. This was great. Or my players encountered this character and they went a completely different direction. You know, I'm just trying to put this tool out there, but it'll be nice eventually at one point to see the fruits of my labor. Uh, yeah, it's such a creative idea. I, I love that idea of, uh, and that's that's the thing that I love about the D&D and TTRPG community in general is that we are all so supportive of each other. You know, and it's it's so genuine. And we, if anybody needs some support or a shout out or a boost, you know, we're there. And when I joined Twitter about a year ago, I was welcomed with such open arms and such a big virtual hug. And I just felt so good. And I know that there are a lot of people um, who are insecure about the work that they do, like myself, like I doubt myself all the time. And it's just, I really want people to know that that what you do is amazing and you are valued and you are loved and you are so welcome in this community. That's the vibe I want to put out. 
Awesome. Well, at the end of the show, I always like to give the platform, the microphone, the stage over to my guests. So whatever you've got to plug, whatever promotions and causes, etc., that we all need to know about, the floor is yours. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. First of all, this was this was a lot of fun. I loved, you know, creating Wolf and she's adorable. And I'm going to tell Sean all about it. Be like, hey, you got to put Wolf in your in your games now. You got to find a way to work it, work it, work her in. Yes. Um, but uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, my handle is at sroby25. Um, if you would like to follow Paradise, we are at Paradise RPG on everything. And Paradise is spelled P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E, like the dice you roll. I can't look at the actual word Paradise now because I'm so used to seeing the way we spell it. And I think the way we spell it is the real way now. But we play we play Mondays. Our actual play is Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. Clayton has just started a new show called Cardboard Contenders where he plays tabletop simulator with some of his friends. Thursday nights, uh, our DM Sean has his stream relaxing in paradise where he works on his cartography. He hand draws the maps for our campaigns and they are stunning. So definitely come check them out if you haven't seen it yet. Um, he paints minis, crafts terrain um, and all the while chatting about lore about his homebrew world of Aradun um, and I moderate for that so I'm always in chat for that and it's it's just so much fun and it's a great way to spend a Thursday night and then on Sunday we have the Tim and Shannon Power Hour which is our talk show style uh, stream where we have members of the community on. We just started a segment called phd and where we dive deep into topics and we talk for about half hour 45 minutes of certain topics while at the first half of the show we speculate on and where we think our story is going and we recap the previous episode. Um, and we're constantly looking to grow. We've got ideas for some new content um, coming up soon. And yeah, can't believe it's almost been a year. That's awesome. Yes, I think uh, I've got a new campaign now that I need to try and catch up on. I know the campaigns that I try and keep up with, obviously my wife and I are critters, so we do that. I'm a particular fan of uh, Matt Colville's The Chain of Acheron, um, so I know when that starts back up, hopefully once he's done with Kingdoms and Warfare Kickstarter book, then that'll start back up again soon. Now I've got a third one to add to the list and hopefully a backlog to get through while I work and while I'm driving and, and all that good stuff yeah, we'd love to have you at paradise awesome thank you again so much for being on the show would love to have you back on the show thank you thanks so much thank you for listening to this episode of sidekicks and side quests be sure to subscribe to the podcast through apple Podcasts, google play spotify and overcast or feel free to save the rss feed to use the app of your choice visit our website sidekicksandsidequests.com for links write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for Side KQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time bar to rock on one two 
One, two, three, four!